Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Leach Report Radio Network presents Stockyards Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk. To interact with the show, call us at 859-280-2287. That's 859-280-CATS. Welcome into Stockyards Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk live from the Clark's Main Street Market in downtown Lexington across the street from Rupp Arena. I am Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio, joined once again in person by former Kentucky football standout Anthony White. Anthony, the Cats are 4-0, defeating Northern Illinois by a final score of 31-23. to It was not pretty, but a win is a win. How are you holding up this morning? Uh, I think you said all that has to be said. We are 4-0. Going into SEC play, uh, there's, there's nothing more to have to say. As you know, and as every week, this is going to be a long show. We've got three hours to fill. No need to drop in all clues, bounds out the gate, but we are 4-0 now. I'll start there. Larry, you are live with us from beautiful Danville, uh, joining on the phone. How are you holding up this Sunday morning? I'm doing terrific. i got no complaints whatsoever. Well, I don't feel like uh, you will be alone in that. Uh, I, I feel like you will probably be alone in that. I think callers will have something to say today. Uh, it was not uh, the prettiest effort for the Kentucky Wildcats defeating uh, Northern Illinois. It was a game of good, bad, and ugly. Passing game was efficient and explosive. The run game and blocking up front struggled. Uh, and then defensively, it was really, I think, Anthony, the first poor effort for that side of the foot, uh, that side of the ball all season long. Uh, so let's jump right into it. Some Surface level thoughts. What'd you think of uh, the performance overall? Before we get into the nitty gritty of it all, uh, I thought it was what it was. I know we talk about uh, in all sports, really. Typically, we talk about UK basketball and football on here. That if you can play a bad game and you can go and learn from it and still win, that's the best kind of lesson to learn. Uh, I'm not sure if we learned much of a lesson, uh, as Big Dog said when he came on the show. After Miami? It wasn't Miami, was it? He it came was... on after Florida. Okay. Yeah, he came on after Florida, and we spoke about the game prior week that uh, they were, we were being vanilla, and, it's, and if you're not bringing any extra people or you're not trying to uh, apply pressure, you don't want the SEC to know what type of blitzes you have in your scheme, and you're just kind of sitting back. I will take this from no matter what you think about how our uh, defense got gashed, our defensive backs are really good. Mm-hmm. Smith and uh, Valentine are really, really good. Not just have – if there's a game where we need to stop, it's been a couple years that we knew <laughs> when they had the ball that they wouldn't be able to march down the field. So I'm not concerned about the defensive front. I'm not concerned about our linebacking core. No matter what happened this game, I just think it was a game plan thing that we were going to come out and just wear them out and just win at the end. We're not here to, to blow these teams out and go into SEC and struggle. We, I think we were here to – 
to end this game 4-0, and come out healthy, and uh, get ready for Ole Miss. Yeah, Larry, I think that's something Stoop said. You know, he was clearly not too thrilled after the game last night, but when it went out of his way to say, you know, that was a tough hard-nosed football team that we went up against you got to give them credit you know coming in with a backup quarterback they were kind of having to adjust last second they didn't know if he was going to be playing Uh, he was a game the uh, starter was a a game time decision he ends up not playing the backup plays uh, all four quarters and yeah they put up a really good fight you know really threw uh, the kitchen sink at at that Kentucky offense I think they knew that uh, they struggled quite a bit up front and you could see that uh, in the 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 defensive numbers, you know, they racked up five sacks and six tackles for loss, uh, really kind of, you know, hit them where where they knew that Kentucky was a little bit vulnerable. And then on the flip side, Will Levis kind of capitalized quite a bit on, on some explosives because of that. And I think Stoops was proud of that side of things as well. Uh, just kind of an up and down thing. But, but you you know, you got, you got to give credit where it's due. I think Northern Illinois put up a, a hell of a fight. And uh, uh, 4-0 is 4-0, Larry. Yeah, that's right. And, of course, Kentucky – uh, made a mistake at the end of the first half that set up a fairly easy touchdown for, for Northern Illinois that you, you don't want to see. And I know Mark Soups was obviously not thrilled with the way that they finished the game, and I don't blame him. I wouldn't have been either. But I do think he tried to point out, and, and again, I don't know whether he's doing this, Anthony, just to bolster their confidence or, or, or to let other people understand what's going on. He tried to point out that the offensive line, he thought, improved in spite of the numbers Jack just rattled off because he said that at least two of the sacks were on Will for not going ahead and getting rid of the ball. Uh, He said he thought that one was definitely on the offensive line, but he said he thought overall the protection was better last night than what it had been and that maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe Will's holding the ball a little bit longer than he did last year, trying to not take off and run with it and still trying to learn that. I don't know. But I thought Stoops went out of his way both in his post-game press conference and on his uh, show on the with Tom Leach after the game on the radio that he went out of his way to point out that quit blaming the offensive line for everything. It's not all, all them. So is that just coach speak, Anthony, or is he trying to educate the rest of us? Larry, I'll tell you this. I'm tell you two. He ain't trying to educate anybody. Two, if you got his phone number, give him a call about 12 this afternoon after he has a chance to check out the film. And if they've gotten better, then <laughs> if they've gotten better, I would. I don't know what we were doing in the beginning. We may have just been in shells. You know, that's in shells when the defense has an advantage because you yeah. don't. You can't really hit. Yeah. I, I, I am concerned. We have some fundamental technical issues up front. And that's why maybe he's maybe the one thing he can be saying, I'll give him credit for, that maybe they're understanding the assignment and where they are supposed to be. Their eyes are where they're supposed to be. But their feet, their feet, their their uh their, their base when they're blocking and their hands are, te- are I'm not going to say terrible. They There's a lot of technical uh the fundamental things that are going wrong with the offense line. I think the energy there and the heart is there. Maybe he's speaking about those things, the assignment and the energy. But just offense line play, uh, check out the locker this Wednesday. You'll see it's the fundamentals of the issue. So, so are we just spoiled because the line's been so good the last three, four years that you just think it's going to be that good every year? That Maybe it's not that it's that bad this year. It's just not – like what it has been, we just got spoiled. No, something has happened. I 
could have been something in the transition between uh, between Yenzer coming. Maybe Yenzer hasn't had a time. I say that because all five positions have bad hand placements. You watch when they get those those jail breaks where those guys are just coming free. The offensive linemen come out, they lunge, and their hands get thrown to the ground, which is a no-no. Because if we had Stu on here, Coach Stu, he would tell them, oh, Stu, Stewart, not Coach Stu, Stewart would tell us that that's the first thing the defense lineman wants to do, get their hands off of them, and that's what they do. So one thing, you have to either jab with your hands and get your hands back so you can keep them clean. But if you let them rip your hands down, your shoulders go down. It turns your body, and everybody has a free run. And all five of them do it from time to time, not every single play, but they do it too often for it to be the fourth game and for this team to be or this offensive line to be as polished as it has for the past couple years because you go over those things in practice. You go over those things in drills. And that's just something that has to be fixed. I, maybe they have to stay after practice and work on those things. And the other part is when I said when they stand up and they shoot their hands, you, you can do that if your base is low, which means like you're sitting on the toilet. Their base is low. You can do that because nobody can move you because you have a solid base. So from the, from the foundation standpoint, from the hand standpoint, and feet standpoint, everybody's doing it inconsistently and not correct. And in terms of the, so, the – let me ask one more thing, Jack, real quick. It was, so, so Horsey and, and Cox both started last year. Did they have that same issue last year, or is this something now they've just started having the issue with this year with those two guys since they both did at least start last year? Well, Horsey playing on the island is a whole lot different. Playing at the tackle is a lot different. I do give Cox a little – I give him a little leeway because snapping the ball and so many things going around you, there's a lot of different things that hap- that happens. And you you got to refine you got to refine your tools every year. I mean, you sometimes you see a running back may come and start fumbling the ball all of a sudden because in practice he's not keeping it high and tight in those drills. He's not. You'll see a receiver over time uh, that they may come out the first couple of years. You don't notice and start dropping footballs because they're not focusing on the ball. And it's just I think a lack of concentration or reps in practice. But I don't know. It, they're I don't think they're getting the time for those things in practice or they're not staying after. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Because, obviously, to me, for the past couple of games, I watch a lot, a lot closely. And those, if you just turn on a couple plays, you will see those things. Their hands go out and their bodies get thrown down, like their shoulders get turned because the defense linemen are throwing their hands down. 
and that's what causes those running lanes. And, Anthony, I think going back to Stoops' comments and, and you know, kind of where he was placing the blame, I think it's a whole lot easier to place the blame on a 303-yard, four-touchdown, zero-interception <laughs> quarterback who uh, admittedly is the most accountable player that I, I think on the team who he can go up and, you know, throw for 400 yards in a game and be like, yep, I suck today. Those two picks, those were inexcusable. That dude is going to put that on him anyway. Right. So, Stoops – I don't think – I think he understands that that's a group that they're trying to gel right now and, and they're just not very cohesive and there's clearly some miscommunications. They're already going to be hard on themselves. Stoops kind of piling on and, and acknowledging what we all kind of see, that those those fundamental struggles uh, that, that they're going through. I don't think that – I think he wanted to not continue to pile on and go, go at the leader who is clearly accepting of that type of – you know, those criticisms are valid, Anthony, but I, I do think that – it was it's 100% an offensive line issue and you know him just trying to uh, not you know balance the blame out a little bit instead of just continue to pile on one single position group Larry and J- Jack is right Larry I will tell you this one thing for doggone short that I learned in 1996 you telling the room that is struggling the most that they are struggling and they are terrible does not help right. it breaks down the whole room uh and we <laughs> I mean we had one senior and a bunch of underclassmen the senior couldn't lead because he he was he was torn down internally and emotionally, and it was just you got a bunch of freshmen trying to figure things out. I'm not saying it's the same exact thing, but I do think Jack is on to something. Uh, and you and the other part you had was right. There's a lot of times I said this last week that those problems are not going to get fixed over the week. Maybe we'll come up with some schemes. I noticed we kept a lot of tight ends in, a lot more run three receiver routes. Uh, with no backs, and I kind of like that idea, but Will has to get the ball out of his hands. If you see pressure coming, uh, get out of the pocket, maybe start a scramble drill, throw the ball away. But another, again this week, I think he held the ball a few times where he could have stepped up in the pocket. He flushed the pocket. I think there's a couple times, like I said last week, he hitched, and then he threw the ball again, which kind of almost turned into an interception again this week. So there's a lot of fundamental things, and I think, I don't blame Will because there's a lot of action going on in front of him. You kind of get a little skittish and don't want gun shy and don't want to get hit. But it's a it's a total thing. So he has to know that he's not going to have a lot of time. So anticipate your throws and, and rely on your receivers. And the offensive line definitely has to get better and uh, or or get some extra help in there. And one thing I I noticed and one, one of my favorite parts of the game was there at the very end or you know late in the game uh, when Will. I think I can't remember who the throw was to, but he hit he hit one of his long explosives. And after the play was over, the UK scored, and and he kind of took Kenneth Kenneth Horsey by the yeah, helmet and kind of tapped him. And it was like clearly a, a, a hey, I'm proud of you. You hung in there. We're seeing growth here, and like I think that's what that unit needs right now is you know, and I think that kind of ties into Stoops' post game comments. They need kind of some uplifting and, and some some confidence right now, as opposed to man, these guys suck. You know what's what's he doing? This is a turnstile offensive line right now. You know, instead of piling on there, I think they're all trying to come together and rally behind that group so we can start building some confidence and kind of you know stacking good performances on top of on top of the other. Uh, we'll talk about the other things Kentucky did well uh, and some of those explosives specifically in that, that wide receiver room. Holy goodness. Uh, we've got some playmakers uh, out there on the outside, and we'll talk about that after the break. you listen to Stockyards Bank. Sunday morning sports talk on News Radio 630 WLAP. This is the home of the Wildcats. 630 WLAP.
Welcome back. Stockyards Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk live from the Clark's Main Street Market. Return, refresh, and refuel at Clark's. This hour of Sunday Morning Sports Talk is also presented by Country Boy Brewing. Give us a call, 859-280-2287. We're talking some of uh, the explosives from last night. Uh, Anthony uh, Tavion Robinson finishes with 147 yards and two scores on seven catches. Barry on Brown adds 102 yards, two touchdowns on four catches. I mean, We've talked all offseason to start the year, uh, the talent that Kentucky has on the outside and the, and the playmakers that they have now. Uh, that was the difference in the game. I mean, the, the, those those explosives, I think they finished with uh, f- uh, five explosives in, in the passing game and two in the in the running game. I think six and two, actually. Um, but that's that was the difference in the game. The, the, that's what uh, uh, put Kentucky on top, and that's what – uh, I think Kentucky's going to be known for it. While these these you know offensive line struggles are there and the the running struggles are still there, I think uh, Kentucky's going to rely on some of those explosives and those highlights uh, from Will Levis to his playmakers on the outside. And uh, thank goodness we got some of those uh, last night from uh, those two standouts outside. Yeah, we dog we we have some dog on wide receivers. That was it. Room? Are you sure Barry and Brown? Larry, are you sure Barry and Brown had two touchdowns? Pretty sure he did, didn't he? I only seen one on TV. <laughs> Did you, Larry? You saw two touchdowns on TV. It was reported he had two. Oh, okay. As, as, as the announcer told us, supposedly they were on another <laughs> network early in the in the show, in the game, even though it wasn't on another network. Okay, so I'm just going to take you guys' word that Barry Brown scored two. Yeah, now, I, mean, I don't. I'm not surprised he did. <laughs> no, but no, we have some talented wide receivers, and I think that's going to be. Uh, I think that's going to be the key. Especially in the SEC, if people see that we're weak and will maybe skittish getting the ball out of his hands, we're going to have to run quicker routes. Or if we keep those tight ends in, Scan Garegla did deep into his bag a little bit. I did notice he kept some tight ends in that one time. Uh, Robinson ran the double move. He kind of went out, then turned right up the uh, right up the seam, up the seam, like a, I guess a skinny pose. I don't mm-hmm. know what you call the route. You don't have that time when they're regular set. You don't have that time, but he kept two tight ends in. You know, to give him a little extra protection. You don't run a double route when you're getting pressure on you all day. So he he has some uh, – he's in his toolbox. He's working on some things. He's in his bag. Uh, but I do think those receivers are going to have to be sharp on their routes. They're going to have to uh, give Will somebody to throw to because I don't think Will wants to hold the ball that long, and I don't know if he's going to have a whole lot of time to hold it. And I, I do not want to uh, overlook the ESPN struggles to start that game. And, Larry, I know that you were – uh, very outspoken on social media. I think everybody was. It was it was very very frustrating. Everybody missed basically an entire quarter of football, and we were relying on the people that were there. Uh, and then ESPN had the audacity to afterwards say, "Well, it was on ESPN News the whole time. You morons just didn't look." And it's like they couldn't have been worse about their their communication. What what it was on the bottom ticker on the uh, on the TV said that it was on the ESPN app. It was nowhere to be seen. Then the idiot said that. Uh, um, there was one it, it was a, an upcoming broadcast that said it started at seven and then i think as late as as like seven thirty, seven twenty six, or whatever it was it was still saying this event has not yet started and we're already at, almost at the end of the first quarter larry uh pretty unbelievable uh sequence there in the first quarter on, on espn's side i think uh, they have uh some explaining to do this morning Let's just call it stupid. Let's just don't even mess around. It was just stupid what they were doing. I mean, it made it made no sense that the way they scheduled games that they're going to start them and one's going to be over, they're going to start the next one in three hours. That's stupid to begin with. There's just no way that's going to happen. And then not to be able to switch it over to somewhere and you keep following a game that's out of hand and you got a, a top ten team playing and you just ignore their first quarter. It's it's just ridiculous the way that they 
did that. I mean, I'm not a believer in the ESPN app, never have been. Last night certainly convinced me of that. But when you're flashing it up there on the screen saying go to the app and it's not even on the app, and most people don't, well, a lot of us don't have ESPN news anyway, but at least let people know where it is. Maybe they didn't even know where it was. I mean, it seemed like the guys announcing the game didn't even know where it was. So, but again, thank goodness had Tom Leach and Jeff Picoro. So sometimes it's just kind of fun just to listen to a game that you can't see anyway, and you, and you appreciate that. And I did. I enjoyed that first quarter that way. Let me point out two things really quick before we get to break. One, I, to be completely honest, to be completely honest, a whole lot of America outside of Lexington, Kentucky, and probably the SEC cares about a Kentucky Northern Indiana game. I mean, Northern Illinois game. Now that so everybody in the country, we should be mad because our team was supposed to be playing. But don't act, don't seem like well that game. Uh, Cincinnati and Indiana typically is probably a better game just because it's it's too. It was a three top. score game. At Hold that on, point. right. So that's my that was the second point of my thing. Yeah. When the other team is down by twenty one and the number eight team has been scored on on the first drive, that is interesting news. Yeah, I think that's where the, the – when it got to three scores, I think that's where the ESPN guys just said, all right, and if you want to see this game, right. head on to over ESPN app, ESPN News, all that stuff. Uh, big, big screw-up on their part, and they need to discuss it. Uh, we'll be back after this. You're listening to Stockyards Bank, Sunday morning sports talk and news radio, 630 WLAP. This is Stockyards Bank, Sunday morning sports talk, presented by the Leach Report Radio Network on 630 WLAP. Welcome back. Stockyards Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk live from the Clark's Main Street Market. Return, refresh, and refuel at Clark's. As our Sunday Morning Sports Talk is also presented by Country Boy Brewing. Give us a call, 859-280-2287. I'm sure Kentucky fans have plenty to discuss. On this beautiful Sunday morning, we were talking about uh, some explosive plays. Uh, Anthony, and uh, we got our first little, uh, um, you know, expletive from Mark Stoops last night, a little feistiness on his end, uh, talking about the explosives and, and kind of the uh, uh, the team struggles in the run game right now. They're not really able to find any consistency in that regard, really, uh, you know, kind of back and forth. You get one or two 20-plus you know, 20 yard runs, and then the rest of the time it's, you know, two yards a carry, one yard a carry, whatever. And uh, they, they, Stoops was asked about it last night, and, you know, want the for several years wanting to uh, get more explosive. And uh, Stoops said, I think we want to get uh, – or uh, he said, yeah, I'd like to be, you know uh, – You've got to be who you are, and right now we have a very talented quarterback. We have some explosive wide receivers, so we're creating some big plays. I think we want to be a little more consistent in the run game. See, everybody appreciates the run game now. Five years ago, y'all didn't appreciate. Beep. I I appreciated the uh, humor there, and he said, I'm joking, I'm joking. Everybody relax. But, you know, that's kind of – he's kind of using this against us now. He's like, oh, y'all complained that we didn't have a pass game before when we were just almost a run-exclusive team, and now we can't run the ball, and now y'all are wanting to run the ball. So I appreciate how he's kind of using some of these uh, rushing struggles to, uh, you know, his his advantage and, and, uh, you know, using it to throw some some jokes during his uh, media press conference. Oh, yeah, I'm glad he can make some some light of it. I mean, it's, it's not as bad. I was on Twitter trying to hand out a little therapy last night. Uh, was the game ugly? Do we have some problems? Yeah, we're four and zero. That was the one thing I was thinking, though. Uh, I don't, I don't know the part of the game, Larry. The three quarters Larry did get to see, like myself, was that it's good. It is good to watch football and watch guys actually throw the ball, catch the ball, and, and not have to rely on running. I don't like the woes of not knowing if you're going to get a good run play in, but uh, I do think uh, Scangarello is in his bag and trying some things. 
So I did notice that during the game. And I was thinking three years ago, man, we were just counting on a run, uh, uh, Wildcat, or we're just going to, you know, throw a screen. So we are throwing the ball down the field. That is good. But I do think we got to – we're going to have to find some running game. Here's the, here's the question of the, the day, the question of the week. Is C-Rod going to be able to make that much difference? Is He's not going to be in game shape yet. Of taking, I guess he's been taking hits in practice or whatever, but the speed of the game, I say this every year on the show, the speed of the game cannot be simulated in practice. Mm-hmm. You cannot you, – do you know how fast you can actually run? Like, actually, not just how fast you've ever been timed. If a dog is after you or a lion is after you, you will know how fast you could actually run, and you won't. You can't simulate that. Mm-hmm. And on on that note, he's been with the scout team. Even, right. So even it's it's not even like he's getting first team reps uh, all off season during all uh, all this stuff. He was you know getting scout team reps, and I think just here recently, the last week or two, that's when Stoops has kind of moved him up to third string, second string, you know, easing him back into it. So it's not even like they threw him back, uh, threw him in with the Sharks, and he's been running with the first team. You know, for for months now. So I mean, this is just a couple weeks that he's been. You know, I don't even think it's been a full week that he's been taking right. first team reps, uh, if if at all. I mean, obviously it's going to start this week, but uh, they've been having to you know go all in with Cavassier Smoke and and uh, you know some of the other guys. So I I, I do think it, it's put Chris in a very uncomfortable position. Yeah, he's healthy and he hasn't taken any hits, and you know that part he has fresh legs that helps uh, obviously Larry. But I still think it, it's putting. Uh, uh, Chris in a little bit of an uncomfortable position going into Oxford to start uh, start his 2022 campaign. Uh, I don't know if it is or not. I think Chris is probably going to be pretty happy in any position he's in. I don't think he's going to feel uncomfortable at all. I think he's going to be raring to raring to go. I mean, I think if Anthony White, if I remember Anthony at that age, if he for whatever reason had to miss four games and you put him back out there, he wouldn't have cared what the circumstance. Anthony White would have told me he's ready to roll, give me the ball. And also, I think Chris will be a little bit like that, too. And I'm not so sure Stoops was just kind of joking when he said what he did about people complaining about no running game now. I think I think he's he made it sound like he was joking, but I think that was kind of a little serious jab that he's like, what do you want? You want to, you want to pass, and now we're passing. You complain we're not running. I think he was a little sensitive about that last night. And, and after I think maybe – after he said it, he realized, oh, wait a minute, maybe I shouldn't have quite said it that way. Let's just kind of laugh about it. But I don't think it was entirely a joke on his part. I think he's a little sensitive about that, and maybe things will get straightened back out. But, again, as he, as he did say, when you still still had, what, over 400 yards? So so how you get it, I mean, you can't always say, I want 200 running, 200 passing. If you get the yards, that's what it's supposed to be about. And I think the one statement that he made that stood out to me is he's got to it's something to affect. You got to be who you are. And right now, we got a really good quarterback and really explosive receivers, so we got to throw the football. I think he wants he wants his cake and and to eat it too. I think he wants an elite uh, passing game with Will with Will Levis throwing the ball. I think he also wants an elite running game with with Chris Rodriguez. That's kind of uh, the the dream scenarios we've been talking about, right, Anthony? The last couple weeks, the last couple months, how. Bringing Chris back will allow for that versatility and allow for you know Rich Scangarello to get a little bit more creative and, and you right. know kind of uh, the defenses kind of having to, to key in more on Chris Rodriguez, which will open the pass game a little bit more, which will in turn open things back up for Chris and so on and so forth. I think that's ideally at the end of the day what Stoops wants, and I think that's kind of how he ingest was was you know kind of making light of it last night. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. I will say this 
uh, kind of <laughs> piggybacking off what Stoop said, Larry, and you kind of seemed like it was in jest. There was a person who made a comment last night. So we're not playing like the number eight team in the country. So I, so I responded as Stoops did. There was some truth to what I said. Dude, we're the number eight team, so what do you want us not be? So when we're, in the, when we're not making the top 25, we're, we're not getting any credit, then all of a sudden we don't get any respect. Now we're number eight and we're not playing like it. You want us to just, hey, give it back. Now put us back at 20. You know, we're cool with that. So so that was kind of just because I knew what the fan was saying, but our fan base is never going to be happy. If if we go 49-51, balance of a run pass, we'll see on that one play we probably should have ran it. But here's one th- here's, a, here's a concept that I'm going to try to give a little bit of credence to that when Chris comes back, one thing that is going to change, someone asked on Twitter last night, and I, I, I was really high on Jatan. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if the injuries, but he's not hitting the hole. The, the reasons I was high on him, he's not doing that anymore. He's looking for a hole. He's patting his feet. He's hesitant. I, I was that type of back. I'm hesitant to the hole and hit it. And Jatan was that guy. Now he's hesitant, turning his shoulders, not hitting the hole the way he does. Kavassi, I mean, Kavassi has never been that guy. If it's there, he's going to hit. If it's not, he's going to bounce, juke, and jive. Uh, I think Wright is probably the most bowling ballish, willing to go downhill if he has to, but he likes to bounce as well. The one thing you're going to get from Chris, I think, is if it's a two-yard game, Chris may turn into a four-yard game. Mm-hmm. And you know I like second and six, second and five, better than I like second and eight or second and nine. And I, over a game, if Chris continues to beat up those backers, yeah, one-on-one, okay, those guys are coming free. I don't know if Wright wants to take that on. I don't know if Smoke wants to take that on. I don't know if Jatine wants to take that on. Chris is going to take it on, mm-hmm. and that linebacker is not going to want to keep meeting Chris in the hole. So there's where an uh, opportunity where Chris can change the running game. We're on second and six, second and five. Scangarello can call a lot of other plays. Is he going to be able to do that for four quarters? We do have enough rotation. There's where a lot of fans have always said some people complimenting Chris were good because they were complimenting Chris. Mm-hmm. Chris beat him up. You yep. put somebody else in after they're worn down, pew, he's gone. So – I'm I'm curious to see what we're going to do. So I'm with I'm with uh, Stoops that hey don't hey don't panic. You guys are not going to be happy. But Larry hit the nail on the head. We got to play what we. Our offensive line is not going to get that much better between mm-hmm. this week and Ole Miss. But they know what we have and we can manipulate to schemes. I think to work in our advantage. Do you think the the way the depth chart is now going to kind of fall back into place the way it should have been? Obviously, Ramon Jefferson kind of screwed that up with the, with his injury and it was unfortunate and uh, it, it, but all things considered you now get Chris at the one you get Cavassi as the complimentary back instead of the go-to guy right. uh, who I don't think that's necessarily the role that fits him best and then you get Jatan McClain probably back in that third down you know other complimentary role uh, I thought it was great seeing him back healthy I was really shocked to see him, him even on the field last night I right. thought they were going to try to wait one more week and, and get him back for Ole Miss so I really like seeing him back and he was explosive and he did a couple really good things too and then you get Lavelle Wright as that fourth you know the, the fourth option you know the, the other you know, depth rotation piece if necessary. I think the way the depth chart is now, we kind of may do the first four weeks the way it was. You know, it is what it is with injury and and suspension and all that stuff. I think when the depth chart is now rearranged the way it was kind of supposed to be, what it was meant to be going into the year, I think some of those, you know, deficiencies that the team had in in that area, I think it it may start solving itself just a little bit. And, you know, obviously a lot has to do with the offensive line too. But I think a lot of those those issues will start fixing themselves. And I'm not going to – I'm curious to see what Larry thinks because Larry talks to the coaches more. He kind of knows I'm, I'm not sure you, you've opened up a, a good question I'm not sure if they haven't been biding time to get to what they expected this season to be before Chris became unavailable 
Uh, so it may have been, look, we're going to just, you know, keep things a certain way. We're going to, you know, try to win these games. We're going to see who's going to – and I think all this was audition to see who's actually going to be number two and three on the running back depth chart when Chris comes back. Larry, do you think uh, maybe there was a bit of – well, we got a whole different game plan when Chris comes back, and they just wanted to make sure we're 4-0 and, and not have too many injuries. I, I, th- I think there's some uh, a good chance there is some truth to that. I don't think we'll ever really know for sure, but I think we should start getting some answers uh, Saturday at Ole Miss. I think what you mentioned earlier about you don't want to show everything you've got in your pocket before you start playing SEC games regularly. So I think these last two weeks they haven't – shown a whole lot because they know what's coming up with these next seven SEC games. So, yeah, I, I think there's a good chance what you're saying is true, or e- even if it's not a conscious thing, it's still something in the back of everybody's mind over there. You had to be thinking, hey, if we somehow get through these first four games and we're 4-0, and then we're ready to trot Chris out there. Okay, that's when we're really going to start rolling, plus we have some things we hadn't shown we can do. That's when you're going to really see us. So, to me, these next two to three games, I think, will let us know, okay, yeah, they're just trying to do everything they could to get to 4-0, and or, yeah, there's a lot more to this team we're still going to see on the offensive side, kind of like what we thought, and maybe even on the defensive side. Maybe, as you said, maybe they're going to do a few more exotic things on defense than what we've seen, too, because they'll have to against SEC teams week in and week out. Let me – point this off to the whole thing but it was addressed to larry it came to the sunday morning sports twitter feed so chris penson we're going to remember who you are just because you want to be remembered and this came through the twitter machine so we will share it on air he says vaults views losses to old miss mississippi state georgia and tennessee we're seven and five at best oh o-line is a real problem so we just want to make sure that he gets the credit he he deserves for all of a sudden, we're four and zero. We're just gonna start losing games all willy nilly. So, so Georgia struggling against Kent State. Are they gonna start losing games because they were, or were underwhelming? And what about Oklahoma, who just lost uh, in, in their game? And, and what about Ole Miss, who were playing this weekend, uh, who who struggled against Tulsa and only beat them by eight points? Is that gonna? How, how is that gonna work? We, we can't. We can't be playing both sides of the aisle here. BBN like it just doesn't work that way don't be so overly critical toward Kentucky but then give these other teams (laughs) passes for for all of their struggles too the whole college football landscape struggled this this past weekend I mean it was just a a bizarro type I mean we would have had Clemson losing if Wake Forest kind of didn't choke there the very one that was a fascinating game the way that one ended and, and I think Wake Forest had a couple chances to win that one. And then we would be talking about Kentucky potentially jumping into the top five, no matter how this game unfolded with a win. So quit being overly critical and and, and giving other teams passes for their, their struggles too, because I think that's uh, absolutely bogus. Uh, uh, we're excited to take your calls this morning, 859-280-2287. I want to uh, hit our, our first call before this break, uh, and then we'll uh, address it after uh, we, we return. So, Michael, let's uh, go on and, and hit your call first. All right, thank you. What's going on? I just wanted to touch a little bit on uh, the running game. I I actually think Smoke's done a pretty good job. I think he came in against Florida. Uh, he he picked it up in the second half uh, down at the Florida game. I think he had 85 yards rushing last night. I think he his average was about six uh, or seven yards a pack. So, you know, if you get – and then, like you say, when you bring Rodriguez back, 
you're going to get some more of that power. You know, you're going to get that more of a power running game, and then you're going to switch speeds with Smoke, you know, who hits who's who's a little bit faster maybe in the open field. So I think they're going to complement each other nice. I'm I'm really not worried about it. You know what? Kentucky's four and zero. Everybody plays close games. I, I t- they'll be they'll t- they've talked about that Texas Alabama game for three weeks now. Guess what? Texas lost to Alabama. Alabama's undefeated. We heard it last year that there's no Alabama had no chance against Georgia in the SEC championship game, and they smacked them. You know what? You can talk about close games. Who did this? Who did that? The bottom line is Kentucky just needs to take one game at a time. The fan base take one game at a time. And when we're sitting undefeated against Georgia and game day arrives in Lexington, then I'll call back and uh, and talk further because I think that's exactly what's getting ready to happen is we're going to be undefeated when Georgia rolls into Lexington. I'm going to go the opposite of the guy that called with the 7-5 deal. You know what, Michael? That's a hell of a call, and we are going to end this segment on that one because it was it was, it was phenomenal. We, none of us could put it uh, any better if we said it ourselves. Let's uh, go on and hit our next break. You're listening to Stockyards Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk on News Radio 630 WLAP. This is the home of the Wildcats, 630 WLAP. Welcome back. Stockyards Bank Sunday morning sports talk live from the Clark's Main Street Market. Return, refresh, and refuel at Clark's. Give us a call, 859-280-2287. The calls are starting to roll in, and we appreciate that. Uh, we'd like to continue to hear from, from you. Uh, we have Tom on the line. Morning, Tom. Tom, Tom, we hear you, buddy. What's up? Yeah. Come to your phone. Oh, sorry, guys. How's it going? Sorry, guys. Good, good. Hey, just wanted to actually ask a question I meant to ask from when I was coming back from the Florida game, which, you know, I attended. And this question kind of goes to Larry. You know, Larry, what are some of the greatest road wins that you've seen? I was actually at the LSU game back in 97. We were a little weak at running back at that time. Now, Nancy, I think he had two touchdowns. But just, you know, to kind of get your perspective on it, because, you know, it's such an amazing win. All right, thank you. There's also a really good one at LSU. I think it was in ninth. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it was in 1977 when uh, Kentucky had that special year and Art Steele blocked the field goal and and returned it. And that was a huge win at LSU at that time. They had a really good one at Penn State, either 76 or 77, that I really really enjoyed. Uh, I think Anthony, you would agree. Any any win they've ever had at Tennessee's been good because <laughs> there's not oh, been yeah. many of them. And, and same for Florida. I, w- I would put put those right up there. And I would say a couple of the ones that they've had at, at Louisville would be pretty special on there. I, I think uh, I'd have to kind of go back and check through the records, but there's not been a lot of huge road wins for University of Kentucky football. A lot of the best wins, they've, biggest wins they've had have all been at home, so there's not been an abundance of road wins, huge road wins over the years that's that's one thing that mark Stoops has been able to do he's been able to at least get a few road wins that way and i think he'll keep getting more but that those those are some of the ones that jump out to me right away I'm, and, and of course i think if you want to call it road win i think any bowl game 
win has been really good because there are there's no such thing as a bad bowl win. So those are some of the ones that come to mind to me immediately. I don't know about you guys. No, I was scratching my my head thinking or whatever. And Larry, you didn't see it, but Young Jack flipped me the bird over here when the caller <laughs> said that we were we were kind of we were kind of weak at running back in '97 down there in, in, Bat, in Baton Rouge and Death Valley. I just until the caller corrected it until the caller corrected and said he was just kidding because your boy A White put two on him. <laughs> I was like, damn, this guy is harsh. <laughs> He's saying, man, I don't know who was in the running back room that year, but they were trash. But that was, that was, I thought that was probably what I was involved in. But you're right. The ones, the convincing win to Tennessee with all the uh, interceptions. Uh, the, I mean, the, the Terry Wilson game in Florida was huge. That was to break the record. Yeah. And I mean, just the excitement of that game and that way everybody contributed. But other than the nose, like I said, I don't know of any. I can't remember Brooks' road wins. But I, I do thought that uh, the there way were, we there weren't many. Okay, so that's I, personally I like abs- absolutely destroying uh, Tennessee in Knoxville. I think right. that was that was obviously a, a big highlight, and obviously the Austin McGinnis uh, uh, game-winning kick back in 2016, and uh, there are a couple good ones in there. Uh, so uh, yeah, good call there from. Uh, from that caller, we'll be back right after this. You are listening to Stockyards Bank Sunday morning sports talk on News Radio 630 WLAP. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.